Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. What a gift and what a joy it is to gather with your people and to make a joyful noise to worship you, to praise you. And Lord, I do pray that this morning you would set our hearts and set our minds, set our gaze on Jesus and on the Holy Cross of Christ. And Lord, I pray that we would leave this place as changed people having come into contact with you. We pray all this for the honor and glory of Jesus and in his name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning and happy Holy Cross Day, Holy Cross. I've been, uh, I've been perhaps a little bit too much looking forward to, to saying that this morning. Um, so happy Holy Cross Day. It's a special day for us. And uh, it's also a special day because we're in the third week of our four-week sermon series uh, called Our Life Together, when we're examining the four membership commitments that every church member here at Holy Cross Cathedral makes. Dean Michael has already preached on the first couple of them the last couple of weeks, uh, so if you missed those weeks, I encourage you to go back and take a listen. I preached on ministry of the church and the unity of the church. And today it's fitting on Holy Cross Day that we would consider the third commitment, the testimony of the church. So just like we've done with each of these sermons so far, we're going to begin by verbally uh, making this commitment again. And so if you're a a church member here, uh, this is your opportunity to to recommit. Uh, These aren't just commitments for new members, and after three or six months, they're no longer true of you. These are commitments that that we make Uh, together. So this is your chance to recommit. And if you're not a church member, if you're just kind of peeking over the fence and checking things out, these are great weeks for you to be here. And you're welcome to to say this with us, uh, but there's also absolutely no pressure if you just just want to listen in this morning. Uh, So turn to page 8 in your bulletin, and at the very bottom of the page, under the sermon information, you'll find uh, a sentence that's in italics. And so I'll ask you a question and then we'll respond in unison by saying that, that statement together. Will you support the testimony of Holy Cross Cathedral? Saying together, I will support the testimony of this church by attending faithfully, by striving to live a godly life, and by giving regularly and sacrificially. I will support the testimony of this church. So, so to wrap our minds and our hearts around what it is exactly that, that we're committing to this morning, we have to first ask the question, what is the testimony of the church? What do we even mean when we say that? So let's first reflect on that question, and then we'll talk about, about how. How it is that we'll go about supporting the testimony of this church. So, what is the testimony of the church? Um, Let's dig into Scripture for just a moment. We'll find out. Um, Our our readings this morning for Holy Cross Day, they they paint a a beautiful portrait of what God has called and is calling the church to do, to be about. So we read in Isaiah 45 these words, By myself I have sworn, from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. So it's important and significant that here in Isaiah 45, this is the Lord speaking. This is Yahweh declaring this about himself. 
And then we read in Philippians chapter 2 where Paul pens this hymn that was probably circulating in the first century church. It's significant that this hymn uses the same words from Isaiah 45 except about Jesus, the Lord. So Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And we read responsibly this morning from Psalm 98, which is this song that's just bursting and gushing with, with praise. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth break forth into joyous song and sing praises. So all of these beautiful passages that we read together this morning, they teach us something important. They teach us this, that God is infinitely worthy of worship, and God is raising up a people to praise Him, to sing songs delighting in Him and delighting in the marvelous things that He has done to make a joyful noise. So how is God raising up such a people? Well, we read this morning in the Gospel reading, Jesus saying in John chapter 12, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. So it's through the work of Jesus on the cross and by His resurrection, that God, by His Spirit, is drawing a community of worshipers who will praise and make a joyful noise to the Lord, who bow their knee and declare allegiance to God alone, confessing Jesus as Lord to the glory of God. And this, this is the testimony of the church. To worship God, to praise God, to delight in Him, to make a joyful noise, to bow the knee, to confess Jesus as Lord, all of which brings much praise and honor and glory to God. So this is what we're committing to this morning, to support the testimony of this church. So how do we go about doing that? We, we said when we made that verbal recommitment a few moments ago, we, we mentioned three things, so I want to reflect briefly on each of these three things. How do we go about supporting the testimony of this church? First... We support the testimony of this church by attending faithfully, attending faithfully. I think the order, the order of these three things is intentional and important. The first and the primary way that we as Christians support the testimony of this church is by attending these worship services faithfully. Because if we're the church, if we're the redeemed people of God, redeemed to worship God, if that's who we truly are, then our gathering to worship God together is the most important thing that we do. It's not just an extra thing that we do. It's not something that you begrudgingly have to wake up for on Sunday morning instead of sleeping in. It's not just an extra thing in your week. It's not something we do. It's an expression of who we are. It flows from our being. It's something we can't, we can't help to do because of who we are. So, um, so a month ago, I was, I was ordained as a priest here, and y'all have been so uh, encouraging and supportive, super grateful for y'all. Um, and because I'm, because I'm a little bit nerdy, I've spent a lot of time the past few months 
considering this age-old debate that's existed in the church for centuries about what exactly happens when a priest is ordained. When, when the bishop lays hands on the priest and ordains him, what, what exactly is going on in that moment? Now there's a spectrum, and on one end of the spectrum is that there's, there's a functional change that takes place, meaning, meaning the priest is sort of set aside to do different things. The role that he plays is, is a little bit unique and different, so it, it's a functional change. On the other end of the spectrum is, and this is a fancy word, but that there's an ontological change that takes place when the bishop lays hands and ordains a person a priest. An ontological change, meaning there's a change in his very being, a change in his very essence. Now, I I don't want to go down that rabbit trail with y'all this morning, (laughs) but I, I bring it up to say this, that that here is something that, that I am convinced of, that I do know and believe wholeheartedly, that for the Christian, there is indeed an ontological change that takes place in you when you put your faith in Jesus. There is a change in your very being. It changes not just the things that you do, but it changes who you are. In Christ, you are a new creation. Christ dwells in you, and you dwell in Christ. You are one with God himself through the work of Christ and through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. So if that's true about you, who you are at your core, then the fruit of that, the overflow, the outpouring, the natural result of that that comes from your very being is worship, gathering to worship God with God's people. So, we support the testimony of this church by attending faithfully. Second, we support the testimony of this church by striving to live a godly life. There's a a missional nature to the church's testimony. Of course, if if our testimony is worship God, then there's, there's a sort of upward posture, but there's also an outward posture. As we go about worshiping God... Others will be intrigued and will be drawn in. As we go about delighting in God, we won't be able but to tell people about the good things that God has done. And this is all part of God's good plan of redemption in the world. So we support the testimony of the church by considering this this kind of outward nature of our testimony and striving to live a godly life, one that honors Christ. So just a few verses earlier, um, in, in the book of Philippians, from what we read earlier, Paul writes this in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. For those of us who bear Christ's name, we're bearing witness to him, definitely so, on, on Sunday mornings when we gather to worship together. We're bearing witness to him, definitely, when, when he puts people in our path and, and we get to get to share in while we delight in in God. But we're also bearing witness to Christ in every moment, every moment of our everyday lives. So that begs the question, you have to ask yourself, what sort of witness am I bearing? A good one or a bad one? What sort of witness am I bearing? Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. 
So I feel compelled here to share one specific sphere of your life where we're called to live a godly life. An area that perhaps didn't really exist, especially not in the same ways, back when these membership commitments were penned, perhaps when some of you verbally made these commitments several years ago, a new sphere where we're called to live a godly life. And that sphere is social media. Social media. So it's important in 2020, in our modern day, to ask ourselves regularly, are Paul's words in Philippians chapter 1 true of my life online? Is my manner of life on Facebook worthy of the gospel of Christ? The conversations that you have on Twitter, what you read, what you consume online, what you look at, is your manner of life worthy of the gospel of Christ? Whether you're in the presence of real embodied people or whether you're looking on your phone or on a computer screen, we're always bearing witness about Christ. What sort of witness are you bearing? So, to support the testimony of this church, we strive together to live a godly life. And then lastly, we commit to support the testimony of this church by giving regularly and sacrificially. Now, there's an obvious layer to this, a very practical and obvious layer, that, that our financial giving practically, tangibly supports in a very real way the testimony of this church because it, it allows us to gather like this to worship God. But there's another layer to this as well. And it's this, that, that your financial giving is your participation in a very real way in the testimony of the church. Here's what I mean by that. God doesn't need your stuff. God doesn't need your financial giving. God isn't dependent on you. That, that would put you above God, which is crazy. God is God, and you're not. God's not dependent on you. God's the owner of everything. Instead, he allows us to have resources so that, so that we can be involved in what he's doing in the world. You're a steward, and our stewarding his resources is, in a very practical way, participating in the testimony of the church. And there's a final layer to this kind of, kind of giving onion with all these different layers. Um, and it's this, that if worship is the testimony of the church, our praising, our delighting in God, then your giving, your giving, is one of the most practical ways that you can go about stirring up worship in your hearts. Y'all know that throughout human history, in every age and in every culture, humans have been prone to worship money and stuff instead of God. Humans have been prone, we are prone, to put our confidence, trust, and hope, and security in the things we accumulate instead of in God. So the most powerful, the most effective way to combat this is to give away your stuff. To trust not in your stuff, but in God. C.S. Lewis, he has a lot of, of course, profound things to say, but he says something so profound and personally to me so convicting about our giving of our financial resources. So it's a little bit of a longer quote, but I, I want to read it to you and, and, and listen closely to what C.S. Lewis writes about this um, in his little book, Mere Christianity. He says, 
I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. In other words, if our expenditure on comforts, luxuries, amusements, etc., is up to the standard common among those with the same income as our own, we are probably giving away too little. Listen to this. This, this is convicting right here. If our charities do not at all pinch or hamper us, I should say they are too small. There ought to be things we should like to do, and we cannot because our charitable expenditure excludes them. There should be things we want to do and we're unable to do because our radical generosity, our regular and sacrificial giving excludes and prevents us from doing those things. So giving is a great gift that God gives us to stir up worship in our own hearts and to support the testimony of this church. So, attending faithfully, striving to live a godly life, giving regularly and sacrificial, these are the practical things that we can do to support the testimony of this church, to support worship and praise, making a joyful noise to our Lord. So, let's close the same way that we began, by, by taking another look at this commitment that we're all making together, or this recommitment that we're making together. And again, I'll, I'll ask you a question, and then let's, let's verbally respond uh, by saying this together. On page 8, will you support the testimony of Holy Cross Cathedral. I will support the testimony of this church by attending faithfully, by striving to live a godly life, and by giving regularly and sacrificially. Amen.